Million Books now. Stand to your feet. Thank you for being here today. Brother Ken's going to come lead us now as we stand and sing this morning. Brother Ken. Amen. Let's grab our blue, blue song book this morning, hymn number 194. Since Jesus came into my heart, we'll sing the first, second, last verse this morning, hymn number 194. What a wonderful change in my life has been wrought since Jesus came into my heart. I have light in my soul for which long I had sought since Jesus came into my heart. Since Jesus came into my heart. Since Jesus came into my heart. Lots of joy o'er my soul like the sea billows a big amen. amen. We're glad you're here. Thank you so much for being here. A couple of quick requests this morning. First of all, pray for uh, Brother Mike Carroll and his family. His father-in-law passed away just a few minutes ago. Uh, excuse me, stepfather, stepfather, excuse me, thank you. Stepfather passed away just a few minutes ago. He'd been battling uh, for, for a little while with some health, is health issues, so pray for that family, if you would. And then, of course, continue to pray for the Biggs family. Uh, Brother Larry came home late Friday night, and Sister Pam still undergoing her treatment. Uh, so pray for them, if you would. Let's ask the Lord's blessings on our services today. Son, open us up in prayer. James, pray for us. Let's pray together this morning. James, lead us to the throne room, if you would. Our Father and our God, we thank you for allowing us uh, to come back here. Father, thank you for this church and for this uh, body of believers. Father, thank you that as we look at the world around us, we know that nothing takes you by surprise. You are in control of every situation, and, our, and we can have the greatest comfort knowing that we have you in your hand to guide us and protect us. Father, we thank you for your plan that you provided for us, a way to escape the wrath to come. Father, thank you for providing your son as a, a covering, an atonement for our sins. Father, thank you that we can come here to worship you as you as commanded us to with song, with preaching. 
Father, I pray that we as believers would be engaged this morning to worship you in spirit and in truth, to be attentive to the word and to partake of these things that you've given to us to praise your name. Father, also, if there is someone here who has not yet made, who has not yet come to trust your son as Savior, I pray that you would draw them to yourself today and, and that they would come to know your son as the one who can give life more abundantly in salvation. Father, I pray again that you would help us to worship you and that through your spirit we would uh, give you praise offerings of sacrifice and thanksgiving. Father, it is because of your son that we can pray to you and know that you hear us, and it's through him that we say, amen. Amen. You can be seated this morning. Thank you so much for being here. You listened to this awesome song Miss Kyla wrote many years ago. Miss Lisa does such a good job. Did I mention now? You listen now as Miss Lisa sings.
this morning. And this is a brand new one that we learned a few months ago uh, 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 by Kyla as well, and I hope it'll bless your heart. I can still pray through. You listen now as Marcia sings. Satan had been so
much this morning. Wonderful job, choir. Let me go through some quick announcements this morning, uh, and then we'll get the little ones up here, those that are heading to Children's Church, Junior Church. First of all, our regular services tonight at 6 o'clock. We gave you a couple of, uh, during the month of May, you had a couple of Sunday evenings off for holidays, but back in the saddle tonight. Regular services tonight at 6 o'clock. And then uh, I shared with everyone on Wednesday night, uh, this coming Wednesday, I'm going to finish the final message that we uh, uh, on the book of Esther, our last chapter there, just a few verses. And then we're going to begin a new series uh, during the summer on prophecy. We're going to talk about lots of things that are planning, are unfolding out in front of us. Uh, and uh, if you watch the news as much as I do, you know that these indeed are perilous times that we live in. Uh, and things are not going to get better. They're going to wax worse and worse. And we'll talk about all of that. So I encourage you to be with us. Don't forget this coming Saturday is our golf tournament. Uh, still looking for uh, assistance with that. Whole sponsors, teams, volunteers, UC Pastor. Pastor Ken, to help with that, if you would, please. And then uh, teens uh, and young adults, if you are planning to go with us to teen conference this year, those dates are July the 17th through the 21st. I need you to sign up ASAP. Uh, sign up ASAP for that. Miss uh, Miss Leanne, is that out here? Is that right out here? All right, right out here at the uh, uh, postal area. Please sign up for that as soon as possible. We got to get that out very shortly. The cost is listed in there. And Miss Leanne also put the accounts out there as well, so you'll know how much everyone's got for your kid. Help us out with that if you would. Also, ladies, if you haven't signed up for our uh, Women's Mountain Retreat and you're planning on going, please make sure you sign up. Up for that. And then, uh, of course, uh, we're going to keep information in there about our new online giving platform. I have to tell you, I love, love, love it. Takes me about five seconds to do my tithes and offerings now, and I usually do it on Saturday night, which is even better. So if that's something you want to uh, avail yourself to, that information is still in there. Now, I've got some other announcements uh, that uh, uh, are not in the bulletin that I want to share with everybody. Next Sunday morning will be our ladies' Sunday school class. I, they'll meet in the teen room. I'm going to take the men and young adults, uh, teens downstairs, a special something to share with the fellows. That'll be next Sunday morning. And then also next Sunday, we'll be having our basket for uh, Shane and Melanie in honor of their wedding. So you keep that in mind if you would. And then... All right, then I, uh, I'm just, I'm, um, I don't know if you heard about this, but we have two couples in our church now who are expecting, and thank God it's not us, amen. Joss and Jesse, wave your hands, guys, woo, expecting, and then Wesley and Summer are also expecting, grandparents, wave your hands on both sides, amen, that's awesome, that is awesome. Oh, thank you, sweet Jesus. It's them and not us. <laughs> oh, what a blessing. Love to see that. Uh, so you keep that in mind if you would. All right, let me get all the little ones to come up this morning. All the little ones, if you're heading to Children's Church, Junior Church, come on. I know you got an obstacle course to navigate, but you come on this morning. Everybody heading to Children's Church and Junior Church, uh, they're going to come around, collect any uh, change you got. Take off this morning, guys.
already heading to Children's Church, Junior Church? Come on this morning. via our uh, Penny March. We appreciate that so much. And then a thank you to those senior saints who went with us on our trip this weekend. Had a great time. I have to tell you, I thought teenagers could eat. Good golly, Miss Molly. That ain't nothing compared to what senior saints eat. Good Lord in heaven above. Them folks can lay away some food. Um, but I have to tell you, I enjoyed every bite of it. Um, we, 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 we got up Saturday. We went up Friday for the dinner and then had a great meal there. Got up Friday, had breakfast together at about 9 o'clock. Two hours later, we was at Cracker Barrel. Amen. You know, you know when you have lunch two hours after breakfast, it's going to be a good day. Say amen. Amen. And then uh, we're coming back down the mountain. We hadn't been 90 minutes out of Cracker Barrel, and somebody said, we ought to stop at Nancy's Fudge. Amen. It's a good day. And then uh, I will tell you, all of you parents and grandparents that sent your kids out to Junior Church, Children's Church, Brother and Sister Nichols came out with a whole tub of stuff. And I looked at Brother Ed, and I said, Good day, you're going to gain some weight. He smiled and said, This is for children's church. <laughs> All I can tell you is them children's going to be wide open when y'all pick them up today. But we had a great time, and I appreciate Brother and Sister uh, Upchurch taking care of that for us, uh, and we're looking forward to more op opportunities together. All right, let me get all the ushers come down this morning, if you will. Brother Upchurch, you come get ready to sing for us. Uh, you mind the Lord now with his tithes and your offerings, and God will bless you for it. We're going to pray and ask God's blessings upon the offering, and Brother Upchurch is going to sing for us this morning. Lord, we love you, and again, we're honored to be in your house today. We thank you for the opportunity that you've provided. Lord, I pray that you'd bless this offering. May it be what you'd have it to be. Bless Brother Up Church as he sings now. We'll praise you in Christ's name. Amen. Uh, I've had a couple of requests to do this song, and so I'm going to do it. And uh, uh, it's one of my favorite stories in the Bible about the Passover and how that blood is still there. Father, will you 
please look and see if the blood is still there. He said, son, now don't you worry, for the blood is there to stay. The wind may blow, the rain may fall, but it won't just wash away. The blood will stand the raging storm. It's been applied with loving care. Safe, secured, you can rest assured that the blood is still there. Looking over the damage, Satan's storms had left a flood of endless questions There was doubt that filled my mind And in the fear that gripped my troubled soul Brought me back to my knees in prayer Crying, Father, will you please look and see If the blood is still there Son, now don't you worry, for the blood is there to stay. The wind may blow, the rain may fall, but it won't just wash away. The blood will stand the raging storm, it's been applied with loving care. You're safe, secured, you can rest assured that the blood is still there. Safe, secured, you can rest assured that the blood is still Aren't you glad the blood never washes away? Amen. Still there. All right. Uh, it is my privilege today. The first Sunday in June is always graduation Sunday here at our church where we pause just a few moments to recognize uh, our high school and college graduates, and we're thrilled to do that today. We will start with our high school graduates uh, and uh, uh, recognize them, and uh, then we'll move up through college as well. So our first uh, honoree today, I feel like I'm at a beauty contest this morning. All right. Our first contestant is wearing a swimsuit. I'm just kidding. All right. Our first uh, honoree this morning in alphabetical order, starting with high school, Logan Hall. Come on down here, big guy. Over here at your table, Logan. You all. Logan also graduated from Patrick Henry with his associate's degree as well. So Logan will be, amen, let's give him a round of applause. That's awesome. <clears throat> Logan is going to Appalachian State and majoring in industrial design. Wonder where he got that idea. Amen. All right, uh, congratulations, Logan. We're proud of you, buddy. Smile big for the camera. All right, our next one is Samantha Purdy. Come on, Samantha, you look purdy. Come on, girl. Samantha's going to PH. Ain't she a smart girl? 
The girls also get something from the ladies. Sorry, Logan, you don't get it, buddy. Amen. All right, congratulations. Smile big, honey. All right, stand right there. All right. And our next uh, high school graduate is Anna Terry. Where is Anna? Come on, Anna. Come right here for a picture first, and then we'll let you go stand by your table. Anna is going to the College of Charleston to major in marine biology. Somebody got some smarts somewhere. Where'd you get it from? She said, I don't know. All right, congratulations, Anna. Smile big, honey. All right, go stand over there by your table, sweetheart. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You got to get your other prize. All right. That's our high school graduates. Of course, we have Michaela. She had to leave. We'll take care of her uh, this week. And then we move on to our folks that are graduating from uh, Patrick Henry with their associate's degree. First, we have James Hodges, Jr. James has transferred to Liberty, and uh, he's already started, actually started a couple of weeks ago, and he's majoring in education and ministry. Where he wonder where he got that idea. Amen. Smile big, son. We ran out of table space, so James, go stand back here by your stuff there, partner. And then our next one, uh, graduate of Patrick Henry, John Stone. Come on down, John. John's heading to ODU and majoring in finance. Hot dog, buddy. Amen. You eligible girls, that boy's going to have some money. You better be snooking up to this fella. All right, smile big. Congratulations, man. Stand right there by your table. All right. Where did my cards go? Oh, here we go. Our next one graduated uh, from Liberty University for your degree, Haley Helbert. Come on, Haley. Where are you, girl? Haley majored in English, right? Come on, stand over here. Smile big for Brother Danny. All right. Oh, you get a big prize. Our next one uh, graduated from Radford University with a degree in nursing, Corbin. Where's Corbin? Congratulations, buddy. Uh, and thank you, son. And uh, Corbin goes, when do you go for your test? Corbin goes the 13th to take his NCLEX, which is the National Boards for Nursing, and Cameron said he's going to go take it for him. Amen. And he's going to fail. All right. <laughs> That's what his wife said. I'm just telling you what his wife said. And then we've got one more who doesn't have a table up, but uh, this fellow graduated with his second master's degree, and that is Brother Carl Ratliff. Come on, Brother Carl. Love you. And you know, after two masters comes a Ph.D., just saying. <laughs> Congratulations, Brother Carl. Let's give all these graduates a big round of applause, folks. Well, you all can be seated. Thank you so much. All right, Brother Ken, come get us a song of fellowship. Let's all stand together. Grab your hymn books this morning, and we'll fellowship together. Brother Ken. Let's all turn to page number two this morning. To God be the glory. We'll sing the first verse, chorus, have a time of fellowship. Hymn number two this morning. I mean, sorry, glory to his name. Glory to his name. <laughs> they were all torn up over there. First verse. Down at the cross where my sin. 
so much this morning. Uh, thank you so much. Let me let me just remind everybody this morning. Uh, after we are dismissed, I encourage you to come around and take a look at the tables. Several of the folks have uh, things that you can leave them a message on. I encourage you to do that. And graduates, leave these ta uh, tables up to through tonight if you would. We can get them down after services tonight uh, so that we've got an opportunity to take a look at them. And we encourage you to do that after services tonight or before after services this morning or before services tonight and leave these folks a message as well. All right, to ushers, come on down now if you would, please. And uh, this is the first Sunday of the month. That means it's Missions Sunday here at the church. And we are eminently grateful for your continued dedication and support of our missions program. We are thankful for how the Lord blesses it. And we ask you to just give as generously as you can. The ladies will play, and then we're going to get into the Bible this morning. God, Father, thank you for the offering, for the opportunity to support the missionaries. Bless us now this morning in Christ's name. Amen. First Kings this morning, chapter 21, if you would, please. First Kings, chapter 21. I have to tell you, on Friday night at the uh, dinner theater where we went with the Senior Saints, uh, they did a gospel music program called Then Sings My Soul. They peppered all kinds of jokes through that uh, program. I have enough jokes to last me three months, and every one of you Senior Saints, you laugh like you've never heard a single one of them before. 1 Kings chapter 21, if you would please. I want to read verses 1 through 4 this morning. Verses 1 through 4, 1 Kings chapter 21. Love this passage of Scripture. Love what it talks about. Love the story behind it. We'll read just four verses this morning. 1 Kings chapter 21 came to pass after these things that Naboth the Jezreelite had a vineyard which was in Jezreel hard by the palace of Ahab king of Samaria and that phrase hard by the palace means that positionally it was located directly beside the palace and Ahab in verse 2 said, spake unto Naboth saying give me thy vineyard that I may have it for a garden of herbs because it's near unto my house and I will give thee for it a better vineyard than it or 
if it seem good to thee, I will give thee the worth of it in money. Naboth said to Ahab, The Lord forbid it me. If I can paraphrase that, Naboth said, Ain't no way, no how, no place, it ain't happening. The Lord forbid it me that I should give the inheritance of my fathers unto thee. And Ahab came into his house heavy and displeased because of the word which Naboth the Jezreelite had spoken to him. For he had said, I will not give thee the inheritance of my fathers. And he laid him down upon his bed and turned away his face and would eat no bread. And that is King James English, for he had a great big, oh, pity me, I don't like this session. Amen. He didn't like it. He wasn't happy with it. And so he decided, I'm just going to pout I'm going to whine, and I'm going to complain. And my Bible says he was an independent fundamental Baptist. Amen. I'm going to give you a message this morning taken right out of verse number 3 that says, The Lord forbid it me. Father, bless the preaching this morning. Thank you for the opportunity to stand and deliver what you've laid upon our hearts. Thank you for your word. Thank you for our graduates this morning, for their accomplishments. Lord, I pray that you would bless them in their endeavors. Lord, may they realize that every good gift that we have comes from you. The accomplishments that they've realized, uh, certainly uh, because of their dedication and their study, uh, but all the glory goes to God in heaven above. Lord, bless the preaching today. Use it to penetrate the heart. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Good old fundamental Baptist preacher was standing out in the river baptizing on a Sunday afternoon. The preacher had a habit of every time he baptized somebody and brought them up, uh, he'd look at them in the face and say, Have you seen the Lord? So here comes uh, Sister Sally uh, down the pike there, and she stands there with the preacher and he takes her, and I baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. And he takes her into that muddy water and raises her up and says, Have you seen the Lord? And she says, Yes, preacher, I have. I saw the Lord. Here comes her husband uh, down to be baptized. The same thing happens. Uh, baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Brings him up. Have you seen the Lord? Yes, preacher, I saw the Lord. Here comes our little eight-year-old boy, Johnny, down to be baptized. Gave his heart to Jesus in Sunday school. So uh, the preacher grabs little Johnny, uh, baptized you in the name of the Father and the Holy Ghost, and pulls him down and puts him back up and said, Johnny, have you seen the Lord? And Johnny looks around and says, well, no, sir, I haven't. Preacher looks at him and says, well, we got to do this again. I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, and brings him down and, Johnny, have you seen the Lord? And Johnny looks around again and says, no, sir, I haven't. Preacher thinks, man, we got to do this right. And so uh, he says, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost, takes him down and leaves him for just a second uh, and brings him back up and says, now, boy, have you seen the Lord? And Johnny says, are you sure he fell in this muddy river? Amen. Amen. 
First Kings chapter 21 is all about a very simple story. We are introduced to a man by the name of Naboth. He appears in just these few verses and a few subsequent verses and then disappears from the pages of our narrative. We know a whole lot more about the wicked King Ahab and his crazy whack job of a wife, Jezebel. And we simply know the story that Naboth had something special, a vineyard that had been given to him by his ancestry, his lineage, his fathers and grandfathers. And the king saw something that the king wanted. And the king decided that because he wanted it, he had the authority to take it. And so when you read the verses that we just read a moment ago, he doesn't ask for permission. He doesn't ask uh, if he can have it. He simply says, I want it. I'll pay you for it. I want it. I'm taking it. It's mine. And I love what Naboth says in verse number 3 to Ahab when he says, The Lord forbid it me. He didn't say, let me think about it. He didn't say, let me pray about it. He didn't say, let me study on it. He didn't say, let me see the vineyard or your offering or let me see how much money you want to give me. He says, the Lord forbid it me me. In other words, Naboth says, this vineyard's not for sale. You can't have it. It belongs to me. It is special to me. It belongs to my family. It was handed down to me, and I'm not about to give up what belongs to me. I want to give you a message this morning that I'm taking right out of verse number three, a message entitled, The Lord Forbid It Me. Three things that I want you to look at this morning. First of all, notice Naboth's obligation. Naboth's obligation. We don't know much about this fella. We don't know much about his lineage. We don't know much about his heritage. We don't know much about his life. Uh, scripture doesn't tell us a whole lot, uh, but what it does tell us is that he had a possession. Look at verse number one came to pass after these things that Naboth the Jezreelite, and notice these next three words, had a vineyard. There's no question, church, as to whom this vineyard belonged. It belonged to, to, to Naboth. There's no question who the owner was. The owner was Naboth. And the Bible even goes on to say in verses 2 and 3 that it was part of his lineage, that it was part of his heritage, that it had been passed down to him by his fathers, that it had been land that has been in his family for generations. It wasn't just land. It wasn't just an inheritance. It was his heritage. In other words, it was important as to who he was. It was part of his family legacy. Uh, this land uh, identified Naboth and Naboth's uh, family. Uh, this vineyard, uh, though it might not have seemed much to anybody else, uh, it was special to Naboth uh, because uh, it had come from his father and his grandfather. Now, verse number one tells us that it was also primo real estate. 
It was real estate that the king wanted, not just any king. We're talking about the wickedest of all kings, King Ahab, a fella who was as whack job as his whack job wife was, a fella who had a few screws loose, and the two screws he had bolted on were bolted onto the wrong nut. This was a fella who just did not have, uh, I mean, he was three or four fries short of a happy meal. Amen. Fellow was crazy. And he looks over uh, one sunny afternoon at Naboth and says, that vineyard is right beside of my palace. Because of where it is, I want it. And I'm going to take it. I want to pause just a moment say to every believer under the sound of my voice this morning, you've also got a vineyard. You've got something uh, that you value, uh, something that perhaps was given to you by your family uh, or your legacy or your heritage, uh, and they are things that we treasure. Uh, and may I submit to you this morning that if you're a child of God, uh, whatever it is that you've got, uh, you can rest assured that your enemy wants it. I jotted down a few things that I think are part of my vineyard, and I believe everybody can probably say amen to a few of these. My family's part of my vineyard. My wife and my children, my church is part of my vineyard. Our style of worship, our heritage, my job, all of those are part of our vineyard. And would you listen to me? The things that we've got, the things that we have, the things that identify us as believers are the very things that the enemy seeks to destroy. All of these things had been given, this vineyard had been given to Naboth had been handed to him by his fathers and his father before him. And it wasn't just a piece of property. It was valuable to Naboth, his possession. Not only do I want you to see his possession, I want you to note with me his profession as well. I'm going to read between the lines here just a little bit because I think one of the reasons that this vineyard captured the attention of Ahab wasn't just because it was hard against the palace or situated in close conjuncture to the palace. I believe uh, that Naboth uh, took pride in this vineyard and made it look the best that it possibly could. I believe it, that he kept it trimmed and he kept it manicured and he kept it pruned uh, and he realized uh, that when somebody looked at that, uh, they associated how that looked uh, with Naboth. Uh, and because he valued it, uh, he wanted to make sure uh, that it looked as good as it possibly could. Kind of reminds me of a 16-year-old boy when he gets his first car. You know, the, the, full, the boy ain't got a buck 95 to his name, but he's going to make sure that that car shines like the sun. I mean, I have to tell you, I've seen a few of them uh, at the car wash hour after hour after hour. I mean, scrubbing and gleaming and waxing and glistening. And, honey, you walk into those boys' rooms at home, and you have to become deloused and fumigated when you walk out. Amen. How do you know, preacher? I have one. Amen. 
You walk into that room and you think, good Lord in heaven above, uh, this has got to be the sorriest piece of mess I've ever seen. But you take a look at that car, buddy. Woo! The car's worth $2.97, and there's a $4,000 stereo sitting in the back. Amen. Car gets four miles to the gallon, but you pull up beside them at the stoplight. Boom, 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 boom. The whole ground starts thumping when that car comes to the stoplight. Why? Because they value that car. It's what they spend their time with. It's what they spend their energy on. It's what they spend their buck 97 a week allowance on. Whatever we value, we take care of. Whatever we value, we make sure it's well-maintained. Whatever we value, we treasure. And I submit to you that one of the reasons that Ahab wanted this vineyard because it had been well-maintained, well-looked after. It wasn't just a piece of land to Naboth. He treasured it. He valued it. He loved it. It identified who he was as a Jezreelite. And so he made it look as good as it possibly could. I have to tell you, I don't think my... Daddy will mind this, but every time I read this, I think about my daddy and his yard. Amen. I have to be real careful what I'm about to say because my daddy has mowed my yard for the last 15 years. And sweet Jesus, I won't do anything to mess that up. But there have been times when I have looked at my father and I thought, he's going to go cut this acre yard with a pair of scissors. And I'm not surprised one day if I don't see him out with a ruler measuring each blade of grass. I w- Cameron's up here, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Been married three weeks. Come talk to me in 15 years, big dog. Yeah, man. I am to the point in my life where I don't care if it never gets... No, Lord Jesus, Daddy, it looks glorious, Daddy. It looks amazing, Daddy. But you understand, those are the things that identify us as who we are and what we value, we take care of. But you also have to realize, folks, when something is well taken care of, it attracts the attention of the enemy. It attracts the attention of that, uh, that one who seeks uh, to destroy. uh, And surely in this case, the enemy is Ahab. So you have with me, not just do we see this morning uh, 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 Nabal's possession and his profession, uh, but I also want you to note with me his protection. Again, I am reading between the lines here. But I can just see in my mind's eye as Naboth tilled and worked that land, he knew that in reality he was just a caretaker. By that I mean simply this. He didn't buy that land. That land was given to him. He didn't earn that land because of good deeds. Uh, He had it uh, because of how his family had been blessed with that land. Uh, And he knew uh, that if he was going to pass it on to the next generation, uh, that he had to maintain it uh, and take mighty good care of it. It's his to work. But more importantly, it was his to protect. 
Let me say that again. It was his to work, but it was also his to protect. He had a responsibility making sure that this land was well maintained so that it would be passed on to the next generation. I can just imagine if Naboth didn't say, I'm not going to let this land go under on my watch. I'm not going to let this thing go to pot on my watch. I'm going to do what I need to do to stand my ground so that my children get the same blessing I got. Can I pause just a moment and say, we need that same kind of spiritual attitude today, folks. Because you listen to me real carefully. Uh, This world is going crazy. Amen. This world, uh, and please uh, listen to what I'm about to say. This world is about uh, to explode, it seems like. Please don't think that just because the terrorist attacks of the last couple of weeks happened on the other side of the pond that they can't happen here next week. We've already seen that happen enough times in our own country. This world is going crazy, and I'm going to get real political for one quick second. I believe that it is the work of the enemy that's tearing this world apart. Amen. May I say to you this morning, we've got some heritage we need to protect I believe everybody in here would probably echo and amen that your family is worth protecting years ago I, in fact I wrote this down in the fly leaf of my old bible I had a meeting with brother Tim Helbert and he walked in with a shirt that said I have three beautiful daughters a shotgun and an alibi I looked at him I said I like that Would you listen to me? God give us that same attitude about our own spiritual heritage. What do you mean, preacher? Uh, Not only for our family, uh, but for our church, uh, our testimony, uh, the Word of God, spirit-filled preaching, holiness, and separation. Uh, God give us some folks uh, who are going to say, I'm not going to let this die on my watch. I'm not going to give in and cave in uh, in the hour of temptation. Naboth's obligation. Not only do I want you to see his obligation, but I want you to notice, secondly, his opportunity. Look at his opportunity. Verse number 2, the Bible says that Ahab spake unto Naboth, saying, Give me. Doesn't he sound like a three-year-old? And when he don't get his way, he runs off and pouts. Give me thy vineyard that I may have it for a garden of herbs. Mm. Here's the vineyard that Naboth's family depends upon for their livelihood. Here's the vineyard uh, that Naboth's family uh, utilizes for their source of income. Uh, without this vineyard, uh, this family's got nothing. And the king says, I want some herbs. Give me uh, that plot of land uh, for some herbs goes on to say it's near to my house and I will give thee for it now listen a better vineyard than it or if it seem good to thee I will give thee the worth of it in money whoop now all of a sudden this becomes a royal opportunity Because you know it's not just some Joe Schmo fly by night who's asking for it. It's the king. 
it's the big dog it's the man himself and who can refuse an offer from the king I mean this is the fellow who had power and influence and this is also the king who him and his wicked wife would have you executed if they didn't like the way you looked at them so there's a lot of people who would say neighbor if you better get that thing sold it's a royal opportunity some might even say it's a responsible opportunity after all the king said I'll give you a better vineyard or if you don't want the vineyard I have to offer I'll give you money for it whatever it is you name your price and I have to tell you there's a lot of folks today who have sold out their testimony sold out their families sold out their lives because they think that a better price will be all it needs you listen to me this morning can I say to you that though this was a royal opportunity and though it was a responsible opportunity in some people's eyes it was in fact a reprehensible opportunity because in reality Ahab wanted to plow under and redo and destroy what centuries had taken to create any of you who know anything about grapevines you know that you don't plant a grapevine and have grapes next year it takes some doing it takes some cultivation it takes and in fact the longer you allow it to cultivate the better the grapes become so in reality what Ahab was suggesting was to completely destroy the very name and livelihood of this family Naboth looks that wicked king square in the eyes and says the Lord forbid bid it me if I can paraphrase Naboth says king I'm not about to sell out to you I'm not about to sell out to you I'm sure there were some in Naboth's family who thought buddy have you lost your mind do you know who's asking you do you not realize how much money you can make out of this do you not understand what you could get out of this? Uh, can I stop just a moment uh, and say uh, to every one of the graduates uh, this morning uh, and to young people uh, and young adults uh, and mom and dads, uh, don't sell out just to please the crowd. How many of us parents uh, have heard, well, everybody's doing it. Uh, well, look at me. If you ain't, uh, then everybody ain't. And everybody uh, was standing uh, at the cross uh, saying, crucify him, crucify him. Uh, but there was a remnant uh, who stood by uh, and realized uh, that a better day's coming. You look at me, don't sell out just because everybody's doing it. Don't sell out just because somebody's asking. I'll pause a moment and say, anybody, anybody, asks you to do something contrary to the word of God that ain't your friend amen preacher Greg that's exactly right that's right amen anybody be it your boyfriend your girlfriend or your best friend who at, and we're not just preaching to the young teenagers here help me out now we think this kind of stuff applies to teenagers, but there's a whole lot of grown-ups who do a whole lot of dumb stuff because somebody tells them they ought to do it. Listen, anybody who tries to get you to do something contrary to the Word of God, that is not your friend. 
Don't sell out. Please the crowd. Don't sell out regardless of who's asking. Please remember that the enemy is trying to destroy your heritage. You don't, you don't think for one second that Ahab would have been happy with a few grapes. He wanted everything. He wanted the whole vineyard. He wanted to destroy and absolutely eradicate what generations had brought to fruition. The enemy has his way, church. You've heard me say this a thousand times. The enemy doesn't take a little bit. You give him an inch, he'll take a mile. Old saying goes, you give him an inch, he'll become your ruler. Uh, you give him just a little bit, he doesn't stop there. Uh, he wants a little more, uh, and you give him a little more, he'll take a little more. Uh, and before you know it, uh, your testimony's ruined, uh, your family's ruined, uh, everything you value is gone. Uh, our churches today are littered with empty pews uh, where sold-out believers used to be until the day the enemy came along uh, and convinced them that it was okay to sell out. Naboth's obligation, his opportunity, and finally, and most importantly, Naboth's obedience. Look at why he refuses. Can I stop just a moment and say, equally important to the fact that he says no, is why he says no. He doesn't just say, I don't want to. He doesn't just say, it's mine and you can't have it. But he says, the Lord forbid it me. The Lord says, I can't do that. And may I pause a moment and say, he wasn't just whistling Dixie. He knew exactly what he was talking about. How do you know, Pastor Greg? Uh, turn with me quickly to the book of Numbers. Flip with me to the book of Numbers, chapter 36. Look at the book of Numbers, chapter 36. He told Ahab that he could not sell the vineyard because God had forbidden it. Well, did he? Did he really forbid it? Or was that just Ahab hearing a silly, sad excuse? Well, in Numbers, chapter 36 verse 37 the Bible says so shall not the inheritance of the children of Israel remove from tribe to tribe for every one of the children of Israel shall keep himself up to the inheritance of the tribe of his fathers in other words Ahab is told squarely you're not of my tribe. And Scripture, God plainly says, I can't give up this land to somebody who is not part of my tribe. You go home this afternoon, you look at Ezekiel chapter 46, verse 18, and it also clearly says that the king, the rulers, are not allowed to forcibly take the land from the Israelites. So when Naboth says, the Lord said no. He had the authority of God's word backing him up. Can I say what's really on my heart this morning? Every one of these college graduates, these high school graduates, that best friend that's trying
trying to get you to do X, that ain't worth your testimony. That, that college party that you're going to get invited to, it is not worth your testimony. Moms and dads, uh, that relationship you think you want to tiptoe into, it is not worth your family. That, that, that gossip, everybody, uh, that gossip uh, that you want to get engrossed in is not worth uh, your church or your family. Uh, God, give us some people uh, who will stand up just like Naboth said uh, and say, I can't do that. It's not for sale because God said no. Not just the word of God forbade him. I'm done with this. But it was also the will of the fathers that forbade him from giving that land. Verse number 3 again of our scripture text in 1 Kings 21. Naboth said unto Ahab, The Lord forbid it me. He doesn't just stop there. <laughs> he says that I should give the inheritance of my father. Now, he could just say, the Lord forbid it me. Or he could just say that I should give the inheritance of my fathers. He could stop right there. But I think he wanted to get a little bit more of a jab in. I think Nahab, or Nahab, Naboth, Nahab, Naboth said it a little bit like this to Ahab. The Lord forbid it me. I should give away the inheritance of my fathers unto thee. In other words, dripping with sarcasm, dripping with the reality that Ahab was a wicked, ungodly man in God's eyes. Naboth said, there is no way I am selling out. I have to stop right now and say there are lots of men standing in pulpits today that I'm afraid are thinking about selling out. They've changed everything that identifies. But I want to say to you this morning, I'm not talking about a, a what kind of hymn book we use or Bible that's in your lap. I'm talking about changing. Naboth looks at God's enemy and says not for sale my generation of young folks and I still consider myself young say amen right there my generation we need the same spiritual fortitude of our fathers our grandfathers just a moment We'll get Brother Ken. In fact, Brother Ken, come on, make your way up here. Just a moment, I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. We're going to have our typical Sunday morning altar call. And I realize that there's tables lined up everywhere. But I want you to listen to me carefully. Don't worry about the tables. I believe there ought to be some dads. Hurry up and get to this altar and say, My family... It's not worth it. My family is too valuable to give in to the wiles of Satan. 
I'd love to see some teens and young adults who will get up here to this altar and say, my testimony means far more than some party means. I don't think he'd mind me saying this. I, I shared this Wednesday night. Close your Bibles. All of you heard about the shooting that happened down in Axton. Right after graduation, schools got some schools, uh, had a party. The young man that was shot, and again, he told me I could share this. The young man that was shot is the nephew of Patrick Henry's athletic director. His name is Brian. We call him B.H. He sat in my office a couple of days ago, and he looked at me, and he said, he always calls me Dr. H. He said, Dr. H., that boy was a good kid. That boy was always in church. He wasn't a rebel rouser. He wasn't a partier. And I looked at him, and I said, B.H., what happened? A big old tear in his eyes. I had the funeral yesterday. He said he was in the wrong place at the wrong time with the wrong people and in fact he said it looks like he was actually running away he wasn't armed he wasn't there to cause trouble wrong place wrong time wrong people and over please look at me you can spend a life creating a testimony and it's over. I'd love to see some teenagers and young adults at this altar saying, my testimony's too important. Lord forbid it me. Let's stand to our feet this morning. And I'm not going to even ask you to raise your hands today. I'm not going to ask you to do anything other than just make your way to this altar. You want to just come and pray? Just come and pray. Pray for your family. Pray for your marriage. Pray for your kids. You got anything something to pray for? Pray for your church. Come on this morning. Not for sale. The Lord forbid it me. Brother Ken's going to sing us a verse. The Lord speaks to you. I want you to come right now. Brother Ken. anybody in the building this morning that would say Pastor Greg greatest need I have today is salvation 
If the Lord were to come back today or something were to happen to me before this day was over, I'm not even sure that heaven would be my home. Pray for me. Anyone like that? I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want to pray for you. Pray for me. I need to be saved. Anyone like that? Brother Ken, sing us one more verse this morning while these at the altar are praying. dismisses if you would. Heavenly Father, God, as we bow before you this morning, Lord, we want to thank you for how good you've been to us. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you're just such a good God. Father, you're merciful, Lord, loving. Father, so gracious and kind. And God, I just pray, Lord, over these graduates this morning, Father, that you'd help them, God, to make the right decisions on the road ahead. And Father, in whatever path, Lord, wherever they're taken, Father, whatever field they get into, God, may they just bloom and shine wherever you plant them, Lord, and may they they be the best of the best, God, wherever they go. Father, I thank you, Lord, for Jesus this morning. God, we lift the Carroll family to you, Lord, in the passing of Brother Steve. God, I pray, Lord, you just, just show kindness and mercy, Lord, to this family. Father, may your grace be evident there. And Father, I know, God, that there are some in that family, Lord, does not know you as Savior. Father, may be able to use this time, God, to show them their need for salvation. God, what a blessing that would be to Mikey and Kim. Father, Michaela as well. God, you do all things well, Lord, and we love you for it. Father, help us, God, to understand, God, what you're doing in our lives. And, Father, we want to thank you once again for Jesus, the blood that was shed on Calvary's cross, God, to save us from our sins. Father, we love you this morning because you first loved us. It's in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. <laughs>